0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Linus Collins, who is Vice President of North American Surface Transportation Consolidation at CH Robinson. And today we're going to talk about deliver on time and in full with the retail consolidation program. Now, you know the pace of change in today's retail environment is you know faster you know than ever, and you know you've got e-commerce and shifting consumer behaviors. Are really leading retailers to, you know, their requirements on, you know, on shippers, and you know, imposing penalties for, you know, late or partial shipments, which are, you know, really can make a break, you know, their relationship with with the retailers here, really causing a lot of, you know, you know, challenges to their, you know, to their operations. So how can shippers mitigate this? Well, one approach is with the retail consolidation program, but you know, what exactly is a retail consolidation program? um you know how does it work and you know what are some of the benefits for uh, shippers well those are the key questions we're going to address in today's episode and it's great to have linus on the program uh who's kind of front and center uh you know on this every day uh, to share his insights and perspective on this topic so uh linus welcome to the program
1: all right hey good afternoon adrian and thanks for having me on today yeah um you know i'll just kind of really kind of kick us off with giving you a brief intro of myself and a little bit of my career path here at ch robinson and then we'll we'll get into some of those questions and just to set a little bit of context i began my robinson career about 19 years ago like many of us you know wasn't really thinking about going into supply chain and logistics but was looking for a professional career when i moved to minneapolis Had an opportunity to do a job shadow interview here at corporate at C.H. Robinson and kind of knew from there that if I was fortunate enough to get the position, that I'd probably be with this company the rest of my career. And so far, that's proven to be true. I think what instantly drew me to the company and the industry was just, you know, the people, the culture, the fast-paced nature. And this was circa 2000. And you could really see even back then that not only in this organization, but the industry had almost unlimited opportunity in it. And I think the saying back in the day was, you know, transportation and logistics. Really moving from the back room to the boardroom. And so it's been an exciting time. Um, I started off my career in our, our Robinson Fresh division, really on the transportation side, executing and, and delivering services that kind of helped the uh, transportation solutions that really helped enable our delivered uh, product sales for fresh produce. And early on, it was kind of apparent that there weren't a lot of great LTL and consolidation opportunities for fresh produce items. A lot of our growers and shippers who we were partnering with were, were selling into large retail chains, and so I got an opportunity early on to start to build up cross-dock and consolidation programs that were going into big food channels, food service, grocery retail outlets, and then did that for about five years, and then really expanded that to other, you know, perishable and temperature-controlled items. So for about a decade, oversaw uh, sort of our nationwide launch of our temperature-controlled LTL and consolidation capabilities, and again heavy focus on vendor, shipper, manufacturer going into large retail channels. And so uh, in my current role as vice president of consolidation, about two years ago, those my responsibilities were expanded to also include the ambient side of our network. And, and really there, we've got a variety of different consolidation programs. Retail consolidation is, is a really big part of that portfolio. And it's a really interesting and exciting time in that space. You mentioned it; lots of changes going on there. So I think it's great that we get to spend some time together kind of diving in and talking about that space and, and what's going on there. Right
0: now. Yeah, well, great, great career, uh, great career path and, and, and experience there, um, you know, uh, you know, certainly brings us to the topic at hand here. Um, you know, before we kind of get into the specifics of retail consolidation, let's just start by talking about the retail environment today. I mean, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, what are the main factors that are driving, you know, these strict compliance requirements like, you know, on time yeah, and full?
1: Yeah. And you touched on it in the opening, Adrian. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's no secret that e-commerce... And online has really disrupted the retail environment, you know, it, it, like no one could have ever imagined, right? It's it's had a it's really taken a toll on traditional brick and mortar retailers. And as they're looking at, hey, how do we continue to stay relevant and compete in this new environment with with changing consumer expectations and whatnot? Really, I think what our focus has been is really this omni-channel thinking, right? And that's really things like. How do they leverage their DC operations and how do they leverage their store footprint to, you know, do things like curbside pickup and, and in-store pickups and, and and the home delivery of the goods that they carry within their stores and also leveraging that against their current store footprint, which means creating better shopper exp- shopping experiences and really at the heart of that is having inventory on the shelves when people want to buy it, right? Um, that's key. If you don't have the inventory now, you're going to lose the sale almost instantaneously. And so, I think as they began to really map that out over the last several years, one of the things that becomes apparent is part of all of that being able to do that is really upstream being able to manage your, your inventory in, in very different ways than you used to manage it, right? So a really extreme focus on sort of hyper speed and accuracy and precision of how that inventory is managed. And so really what that's kind of led them to is, hey, smaller order sizes carrying less inventory, but more velocity of it um having shortened delivery windows and so we can't have these two three four day windows to deliver into anymore i need it when i need it and on that day and then really it's become down to you know one hour delivery windows for just about everything so really you know again i go back to the beginning of my career and think about jit as almost a new term back and everything's really become jit and everything's become just in time and so i think As as they've kind of gone down that path and said, not only do we need to do those things, but we need to do them reliably and we need to do them just about every time. So there's this race to, you know, have those on time deliveries and in full deliveries, you know, 90, 95% of the time, that's what people are trying to achieve right now. And so you know, I think some of the things that they're trying to get to is customers want what they want, when they want, how they want it. You and I as a consumer want that. That's going to now extend to every party in the supply chain. And so, you know, it's, it's really on time and in full. That's a term that we're going to hear more and more of. That's also known as ODA. As they're trying to drive that, they're saying, OK, do that to get that, you know, 90 plus percent of the time. Some of the things that we're going to have to do to enforce compliance. Is, you know, create better reporting and vendor scorecards, have fees and fines that go along with non-compliance, um, reward people with additional business who are in, in, in compliance. And so, as you can imagine, that's creating some strife right now because it's a lot of change. It's a lot of change to digest fast. And it's when, when when you don't digest that change fast.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, when I talk to a lot of companies today, I mean, this, this rapid pace of change and, you know, the margin for error is, uh, you know, it's getting smaller and smaller. And I think what's happening today is, and I think part of the challenges companies have is that, you know, up till fairly recently, I mean, I still come across companies that don't have a transportation management system, for example, they're still Mm -hmm. managing their, uh, you know, transportation operations with spreadsheets and with, you know, faxes and so forth. And now they're coming upon these requirements that are saying, hey, you know, we need to become much more sophisticated in terms of how we, you know, manage our transportation operations because, you know, the, the, the cost of noncompliance uh, can put us out of business or we can lose this customer. Um, and we're just not going to be able to, you know, compete effectively. And, you know, one of the other terms you hear a lot in the industry today is, you know, competing on customer experience. Um, you know, you mentioned kind of the evolution that's taking place. Yeah, logistics and transportation used to be kind of this, Cost center backroom thing that happened, and now I think a lot of companies are realizing, and particularly up at the sea level, that hey, you know, logistics, transportation, all of this really ties into customer experience, and that's what we're really all competing on these days, right?
1: Absolutely, you're seeing, uh, you know, more chief logistics officers. You're seeing, you said it. it it's a, a strong logistics can make or break a company these days.
0: So let's let's get into now some of the details. I mean so you know what one of the uh, approaches obviously is is uh, you know to meet these compliance requirements is to implement a retail consolidation program. But but what is that exactly in case people are not familiar with with that term? I mean is it is it the same or different than, you know, let's say freight consolidation?
1: Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question Adrian and it's one that we get asked quite frequently. I, I think when we think about consolidation I kind of touched on it in 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 my intro was You know, there's all sorts of different consolidation. I think about it in probably a couple of different buckets. There's vertical-based consolidation. So if you think about, like, consumer food items, temperature-controlled produce, those type of things, there's compatibility issues. So you need to make sure that you're consolidating the right like items and whatnot. Um, Automotive consolidation is another one where specialized equipment, decking, some of those type of things where you're really consolidating a vertical um Market-based consolidation, that's more general consolidation. You're really just optimizing freight across a given market across a wide number of different shippers who are going out to a disparate group of delivery and distribution channels, right? So you may, you may have a consolidation program out of the Chicago land area and you're delivering out to a whole host of different parties out on the west coast, for instance. When I think about retail consolidation and really what differentiates that? It's really, retail consolidation is all about, and it's really being centered around specific requirements of an individual retailer, right? We talked about some of the compliance standards. It's really knowing and understanding what those are and building specific programs around that and then really optimizing of uh, vendors that are going into those channels, right? You're really trying to get that freight into a consolidation center and then deliver that as one pick, one drops, into a specific retail distribution center you know we just talked about some of the compliance standards and you know you think about general consolidation where there may be multiple picks and multiple stops and lots of deliveries and those type of things with the precision that you need to hit those appointments now right uh you, you don't have that luxury of those windows anymore and so you really need to uh you, you really need to hit that that precision and then if you don't and if you if you don't have enough critical mass in some of those things what happens then is you have underutilized trailers and and then that creates all sorts of other problems as well. So when I think about retail console, it's really optimizing those vendors on behalf of a specific uh, a, a retailer.
0: Yeah, and no, I think that, 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 that makes sense. I mean, maybe to kind of gra- ground a little even, even more, I mean, how, how, did, how does the program work? I mean, what, what are some of the key you know, capabilities or, or process steps involved? I mean, how do you, how do you get started in this? I mean, what is, what's some of the analysis that's required or how do, you, how do you get all the different parties working together here?
1: Yeah, that, that, and that's, that's it. That's a key term, right? You're really synchronizing across a lot of different parties. You've got cross docks and carriers and inbound carriers and, and, and what, the, what the retail expectation is and different shippers who have different shipping patterns and production cycles and all of that. So you're really synchronizing all of those efforts across the whole Um, I really think that, you know, really what you need to do is there's some core competencies that you need to have to be able to leverage that, right? Certainly, I just talked about volume. You know, we've always said, you know, freight moves freight. That's never more true than in a retail consolidation environment. Critical mass is really uh, critical. Um, really it's having subject matter experts at a, at, a, at a bunch of different levels right Some of it as you touched on it having the right you know solutions design and analytics teams who can really kind of chew through that, that data and design a solution that's right for all parties in there. Um, having account managers who understand both sides of the coin um, we've got retail control towers here where we spend a lot of time in that retail environment and spending time at places like Vila and, 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 and in the industry. Really understanding what those trends are, understanding compliance, because this stuff is ever-evolving and changing, and then really being able to take that back to our shipper customers and saying, hey, here's what's going on, taking a very consultative approach, and then with them, building out solutions that work with them. Finally, there's really our operational engineers, who it's it's important to have that talent there. Those are the people who are hustling every day to make things happen, to plan loads, to make sure the appointments are set, to make sure that everything's happening accurately. Um, so really, you know, volume and talent are a couple of core components. The next thing is really technology, right? This is becoming much more complex. And so really within our Navisphere platform, what we built out a number of years ago was nav orders, and that did a couple things for us. It allowed us at an order level to give end-to-end visibility at an order level to all parties in the supply chain, who right? Status updates, you know, where trucks are, you know, if something's going to be late so we can adjust and fit those plans and then you know it also built some efficiency tools in for our people who are planning loads because I just touched on you have to have a lot of really talented people doing this stuff we want them spending more time with our customers and our suppliers um, building out solutions working on exceptions and so the better the tools that we put in their hands the more time they can spend doing that Uh, we're also rolling out optimization software here this year and we're starting to to test some of that stuff out that's going to take in things like real-time cost of capacity. Um, weather patterns, just kind of building in a lot of other things that are, you know, more predictive analytics and some of those type of things that will allow us to be far more effective in our optimization processes. So, you know, technology part is becoming much more important as well. Um, And then capacity, right? You've got to have the right carriers under these loads. And so that's really going from, you know, I talked about some of the general freight consolidation before. Some people like that multi-pick, multi-stop freight. For this stuff it's all precision it's all about reliability so you've got to have the right carrier base you know and, and so really dedicated and committed relationships and, and and then for the carriers themselves they tend to enjoy this type of freight too: less stops uh, more predictability quicker turns so you know kind of everybody wins there um and so you know and then i'll just kind of touch on really that that warehouse space is really critical too we've taken approach of having a blend of Managed facilities that are under, you know, Robinson's banner and then working with some of the best in class third party providers So we've got enough, you know, flexibility. We're offering the right level of warehouse services We've got good turn times all of those type of things. And so I just rattled off a whole bunch of stuff There's a lot of different things that go into this a lot of different moving parts Yeah, Uh, that that was going to be my Technology, capacity yeah, that was
0: going to be my key, my, my key takeaway as you were talking through there. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot that goes into this. I mean, it just speaks to the complexity in terms of, you, you know, everything that's involved here. It also strikes me that, you know, we, we talk a lot about the importance of collaboration in this industry, right? And and a lot of times, you know, we, we talk a lot about it, but it, we don't walk the talk around it. But in something like this, you know, this is truly, I think, an example where collaboration is a must in terms of, uh, aligning of incentives and metrics in terms of uh, having you know ongoing and honest and transparent communication between all parties um, you know this is a moving target too I mean I think you, you set something up like this but the reality is this is a very dynamic env- environment so it's a it's something that's a living breathing you know type of program so you continuously have to analyze it and you know continue to all the parties to communicate as things change out in the field whether it's uh, you know, changing requirements, or maybe there's a weather event, or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, that's where the you know the people side of things come in. You know, in terms of the communication and the analysis to continuously adjust to you know the the changing operating realities that are out there, right?
1: Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And so that that communication, that collaboration, that alignment is is critical. If you don't have that, you're, we're not going to have success in this. Um, I, I think a lot about one of the things that we talk a lot about is just kind of rebalancing that network periodically and kind of looking and saying, Hey, does the freight flow, does the model, do the plans that we put together this year, are they going to hold and work next year? Right. Regulatory things come in, ELDs come in, all of a sudden you get less stops on those trucks. And then there's that balance of saying, Hey, are we okay with a little bit of, you know, less utilization to trade off for fewer stops? because the freight becomes more attractive to the marketplace and and you've got set up for a higher chance of success or of delivery and those type of things. You know, again, inventory sizes are kind of all over the place. They're going to rise and fall. And as they've been shrinking, it's, it's really all about, you know, and then, and then with all of the different changing compliance standards, understanding all of that stuff. And again, putting together a plan that works for a period of time is important, but it's also just as important to, you know, reassess that plan on a periodic basis and make tweaks and adjustments where you need.
0: Great, great. So can can you share with us, you know, some customer examples or, or the types of benefits that, you know, are achieved through this type of program?
1: Yeah, I think we touched on it for shippers, right? First and foremost, it's you know we mitigation of those fees and fines. So if they're in the right retail consolidation program, you know we can help mitigate those fees and fines, and and the right console program can do that. I think having those higher scorecards and and, and achieving a better standing with with their customers is really important, and this can really lead to becoming a preferred vendor. If you think about it, a lot of vendors are they're going to be in a category with other vendors, right? So it's really a competitive advantage to have high scorecards be a preferred vendor have your product on shelves when maybe the next guy doesn't right that's a big competitive advantage and so i think those are some of the things that you know shippers are looking for as a benefit um i think some of the ancillary stuff that we talked about and some of the other benefits are this does tend to be a more precision based a lot of consistency a lot of you know consistent rates those type of things and so as we, are, it might be a little bit painful to change into some of this stuff, but as you get dialed in to having the right, you know, your production schedules aligned with your delivery appointments and those type of things, once you go through the pain of that change, all of a sudden you're enjoying a much more an easier to run supply chain, if you will. Right, things are running a lot smoother, and so there's some ancillary benefits there too. But I also think the benefits extend well beyond just even the the, the shipper, right? We just talked about what it means to the retailer to have the right omni channel, and so. I th- we always think that a good consolidation program can help them achieve that omni channel a lot faster and help them achieve their goals to drive sales. I talked a little bit about the carrier community too. It's no secret there that, that, that drivers want to be home more often. That, that, that's the grind, that's a tough job, that's a job with high turnover. What the carrier community's really told us over the last couple of years and told everybody is they want that consistency. They want rate that gets them home more often. They want rate that, you know, they can align backfalls around and stuff like that. And so when we're able to build out these models, we're able to bring that to the carrier community. And, and they reward with, you know, more consistent static rates with better service and, and all those type of things. So I think those benefits sort of, you know, it, 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 it's sort of secular there and it kind of can benefit all, all parties.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the hardest part is always that that change management, right, to move away from the way we've always done things, right, to kind of a, a different approach that, uh, you know, if done right, to your point, you know, is, is a win-win-win for all the parties, right? A win for the shippers, a win for the uh, retailers, and a win for the logistic service providers that are, that are part of this whole, uh, you know, this whole process. Um, you, you, know, uh, you know, we're running short a little bit short on time here, so I'm just going to go right to my last question. You know, you know okay. we've certainly covered a lot of ground here. Uh, but but as a way to wrap up, I mean, what what questions should you know companies ask themselves to, to assess if implementing a retail consolidation program you know makes sense for them, and and how do they get started?
1: Sure, yeah, you know, first and foremost, do you have LTL or multi-stop quantities that are delivering into retail channels today? Right, that's that's really the first question. The secondly, like, have you been experiencing fees, fines, non-compliance, you know, scorecards that are probably less than you want them to be? Right. Um, are you spending additional time? This is a big one that we've seen, too, is, you know, you'll have a lot of shippers who are, are really bending over backwards to stay in compliance, but they're spending a lot of energy. They're hiring extra people. They're, they're spending more money on technology. They're maybe suffering some underutilization on those loads because they're trying to build their own multi-stop truck loads. If you're experiencing, I think, any of that acrimony or any of that pain, then you might want to look at kind of pooling and getting into a, a retail consolidation program.
0: Yeah, I think those are, those are some, some uh, you know key questions there to really think about. And I think I think if you answered yes to any of those uh, questions, especially if you answered yes to all of them, um, I think that's a, that's an immediate uh, you know signal that you should take a look at this. Um, well, Linus, you know we we covered a lot of a lot of ground here. You, you know certainly, I think you provided some great insights and some great advice in terms of you know retail consolidation programs and some what it is, how it works, and and then some food for thought for companies to think about this uh, you know moving moving forward. So I want to thank you again for your time to, to be with us today.
1: Thank you, Adrian. And if you uh, ever have any questions about any of this, you can go on to chrobinson.com. Uh, we now have a retail consolidation site page. There's a page. It's a lot of educational materials out there, you know, pro- probably more about how some of this stuff works, cover some of the topics that we had today, and, and is really there is a source of information for, for customers or carriers who might be interested in this.
0: Great, great. And you know, th- I want to thank those of you that joined us today. And uh, you know, if you do have any questions for, uh, for Linus uh, and you're watching this episode on demand, either at the CH Robinson website while you're checking out some of the other educational material there or on Talking Logistics, um, you can post a question there. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. So again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great
1: day. Excellent. Thank you, Adrian.